We continue to evaluate Mark Williams and whether he should start over Nick Richards the rest of Summer League. Plus, there's a couple of deadlines coming up for Miles Bridges. And JT Thor, more Thor or less Thor? We'll talk about all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available wherever you get your pods. That includes YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail. That's Doug Branson on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. He is also the originator of the Hornets, every Hornets box score, everyhornetsboxscore.com. That's his sub stack. What's your sub stack? Did you change it? What do you mean? Did I change it? No, I didn't change it. I thought you changed your Substack. I thought it was something different when I teased it yesterday. Now it's well, it was Hornets.Substack.com. But gotcha. you know, I got the domain name. Come on, man! I'm okay. a professional. You know, I'm so locking now, down what, the domain what, name. Yeah. What new website are you coming up with tomorrow that I need to tease? Anything? No can new website. Just, can you just put it in the rundown? That's all. Just I read you. what I put the words in front of you and you read. That's how this works. You're the radio professional. I write the words and you read them. That's all you got to do. Just go check it out at everyhornets.substackboxscore.com. Nah, I'm playing. Just go every box, everyhornetsboxscore.com, and then you can check out some good content, just like you can here, because we're talking a lot more about Summer League. Let's continue to talk about the first-round pick, Mark Williams, Doug, because Jordan Surenkamp had some things to say about the big guy. He's been praising Mark quite a bit. A lot of people have been asking Surenkamp about him because he is one of the more interesting figures of this Summer League. And here's Surenkamp's quote on Mark. He said, quote, I think Mark has been fantastic he played about 18 minutes for us tonight referring to game two but when he's out there he's learning in every possession this is his second game as a pro and we've played against some really good players and really good teams to this point so he's getting thrown in the fire a little bit but that's what summer league is for the question is do we need to throw him in the fire more so than just 18 minutes because of this time that nick richards is getting and I think pretty clearly, most of Hornets Twitter, most of the Hornets fans think Mark Williams even plays better than Nick Richards, and yet here's Richards getting all of this time. So what do you make of that big man situation between the one and the two? Yeah, I think he needs more time. I think he, you know this is a player that's not fully cooked. Um, that's, he's going to need as much practice and training camp and summer league action to get acclimated to the pro game. Especially, I think, even more so on the offensive end. Defensively, he looks like he absolutely knows what he's doing. But here's the stats. Minutes per game, 18. He's got four points per game so far on 23% shooting. And uh, he did <laughs> he did take a three-pointer, and I want to get to that. We do and, need – yes. I can't believe we failed to mention that last episode. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. But I got a good question on my sub about it, so we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, he's averaging, let's see – Seven and a half rebounds per game. I think that's huge. I mean, definitely his his ability to rebound the basketball is going to be key to getting Clifford uh, to play this uh, young man early on in his career. So he's been doing some good stuff on the boards. He's been doing some good stuff defensively. But obviously, the reason why Mark Williams, somebody who has, what, a seven foot seven wingspan, a nine nine standing reach. I mean, he, the physical tools are all there. Why? And my big question to everyone that I could ask it to coming on the show around draft time was like, why is someone with all of these physical tools slipping all the way to 13th? Because uh, that's where we projected him. He actually slipped all the way mm -hmm. to 15th. And the, the answer, I think, that everyone landed on was that offensively, he's got some room to develop. 
Yeah, and I think also, I, I think the athleticism laterally was a big reason as to why, because it's the idea of when you watch the playoffs, you see some of these bigs that can play in the postseason, deep into the postseason, because teams will go small. Mark Williams isn't great at guarding on the perimeter right now, even though we saw some nice improvement from him in the first two summer league games where you're seeing him drop at the right time. You're seeing him make guards question what they need to do and keeping guys in front of them, helping at the right time. And that's that's the most important thing to me I think that's the most important thing for most Hornets fans is the fact that he is playing so well defensively I think the offense will come this is not going to be a guy that shot over 70 percent from the field last year with Duke because he dunked everything going to like even 50 in this NBA regular season that's not going to happen one because he's not going to take that many difficult shots he shouldn't you don't want him to you want him rolling to the basket and then you're going to have better ball handlers feed him on those rolls you're going to give him lobs a lot better lobs than what anybody on this summer league roster is going to do you have freaking Lamelo ball on this team that alone is going to increase your point total and your efficiency yeah. your point total at least but like four your efficiency you know through the roof so I'm not worried about the efficiency if you wanted to talk about him trying too much on offense where he was putting some guys on the dribble okay at the same time I do think that ball handlers are going to help him I think he's really hurt as much as anybody by the lack of good decision makers bringing up the ball you know so I'm not worried about the offense and I'm thrilled about the defense um, from Mark Williams what we've gotten so far Speaking of Mark Williams trying things in that second summer league game, he tried, he attempted a three and it, it was uh, pretty short. It did hit the rim. It wasn't an mm -hmm. air ball. So that's, that's positive, uh, but it was well short. Now I did get a question about this three point attempt on my Substack every Hornets box score, go to every Hornets box You can subscribe for free. I've got all the content free through the preseason. Uh, so check that out. Anyway, here's the uh, comment from casual Hindu who says, uh, what do you think of his three-point attempt this game? Would you want to see him try to expand his game right now or stick to the paint, Walker? Uh, I don't mind him taking an open three in summer league. I don't know if I'd want it in the regular season. I don't know if I'd be really mad at it. The pro I, I don't, like, that's not going to be a part of his game, his rookie season. I, as much as I think he has some touch, as much as I think that is a part of his game, I'm not drawing up plays for him to pick and pop outside of 15 feet right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and go to Mark because this guy's so far off of him on the three point line and let him have it fly from, you know, 25 feet. No, we're not that that's not going to be a part of it, but I don't mind him taking an open three man summer league. This is the time to try some of that stuff. And he is honing in on a lot of the stuff he's going to be doing in the regular season. Did you like him taking that three? Did you care? You know, did you have any more thoughts? Like, I kind of liked it. I did. Well, I did too. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the, again, summer, as you said, is a time for trying. I just don't want him to fall in love with with that aspect because I don't think early in his career that's where he's going to be successful. But I like the idea that he has it, at least in his mind, to develop over time that particular part of the game. But look, he's young. There's plenty of time to get married to a three-point shot. You, but So I'm mm. cool with him, like, getting on Tinder and swiping left or swiping right. People still do that. Uh, on on a three-point shot 
Uh, I'm I'm totally cool with that. Go on a few dates with a three-point shot. That's fine. Have a glass of wine with a three-point shot. That's cool. But you don't have to get married. You have to get in a serious relationship with a three-point shot right now. There's all the time in the world for that. Trust me. I've got a baby. I know about all of that stuff. So, like, you you know, don't have a baby with a three-point shot yet. It's just not time. I don't want – here's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see, like, videos of Mark Williams in the offseason in these first two seasons, like, taking a 1,000 jump shots. That's not – I don't think that's what I want to see. I want to see him in the paint, you know, d- getting physical, ma- focusing on his touch right now because that's what I want to see. I want him. I want to see him make layups. There was a play in the second game. He caught it on the left side of the court, drove in the middle, and kind of gave you this hook where he was somebody was being physical with him. I forget who was guarding him, but it was it almost went in, but it, it didn't seem like a great shot. I wonder if that's a time where you face up and then I don't know if he even has a quick enough jab step, but those are the types of jump shots I'd like to see again, like 15 feet out, you know, somewhere out on the elbow. Yeah. Go ahead and take that jump shot. If you have a little bit of space, that's still going to spread the floor a little, you know, Mark, Mark Williams doesn't have to be this paint clogger on offense. If you can hit that shot from 15, very Deandre Ayton esque, then yeah, that can open up the floor for LaMelo to drive anybody else for that matter. Yeah, listen. I mean, you you don't you don't have to share a bank account with a three point shot, right? You don't have to combine bank accounts, okay? You you got plenty of time, you know. Just date date a three point shot ever. You know, just go on a few dates. That's all I'm saying. Doug telling Mark Williams to take it slow, very slow, and not have a baby. I think that's good advice. Just don't have a baby with a three point shot right now, Mark. Not with a three just point settle shot, no. for the pick and pop, uh, fifteen footer. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We have a couple of deadlines to discuss regarding Miles Bridges that are coming up and calling for a decision from the Charlotte Hornets organization. We'll get to that in just a moment. Not before we talk about Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor that you love is in a deliciously chewy marshmallowy covered in a percent real chocolate bar it's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness goodness gracious tongue twister but we're trying to describe just how good it is all built bars are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits eat something that tastes good and is good for you delicious coconut rich sweet brownie creamy marshmallow it's all great stuff stop fantasizing now though because you can go to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, that's built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15. All right, we'll talk about Miles Bridges, some of those deadlines coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. And you have to wonder, is there a time for them to do that now? <laughs> no, is, is, he, is he mad at the center position? I mean, it's, it's, it's yes. It's, yeah, God. Mitch, make a trade. <laughs> That's just good. That's just good sports talk right there. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We need to ask Ollie if he's okay with Mark Williams being the starting center now. Oh, and taking a three-point shot. <laughs> Mark Williams. <laughs> 
D does Ollie think Mark needs to marry the three-point shot? And is he okay with Mark Williams, or is he going to continue to bark um, once we talk about the center position? I hope that's not a topic of discussion so much anymore. It just might be, though. These veterans, like now we have a Suns-Pacers trade that could happen where both centers would be taken off the market. We'll get to that maybe tomorrow and talk more about the details, let that cook a little bit. We do have another player to talk about, though, Doug. That's Miles Bridges because we have some contract deadline stuff coming up one we have his court date set for july 20th there were the there was the report we discussed yesterday from chris haynes on nba tv that the hornets were going to try to figure out all of the details that come from that july 20th court hearing and make a decision there once they have more information um i guess that's the the thing that chris haynes kind of refuted on whether they were going to rescind the qualifying offer or not whatever but i know you do have some of the details too as to a deadline that needs to come up as far as that decision to rescind the qualifying offer uh, well, yeah, there is a there is a deadline, and that deadline is tomorrow for the Hornets to rescind Miles Bridges' qualifying offer, and, and and it be just rescinded. The Hornets can say, "All right, we're rescinding it," and it's rescinded. After July thirteenth, both parties would have to agree to rescind the qualifying offer, uh, or miles bridges could sign the qual i think he i think it even like right now miles bridges could, could sign yeah. that qualifying offer which is by the way one year 7.9 million dollars um th that's that's the qualifying offer so i, I guess th the question is do you expect the charlotte hornets to rescind the qualifying offer either t today or tomorrow before that deadline yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. And we've gotten some, I don't know if conflicting reports is the right thing to say. I just don't know if we've had <clears throat> too many valid reports yet because they don't know. And these reporters admit they don't really know what the Hornets are going to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what the Hornets are going to do right now, Doug. We know that they didn't give them, didn't give Miles Bridges and his party the big time contract because how, how could you when this allegation is out there against him right now? So you won't do that. Um, is it one of those things where the Hornets kind of just lay low, don't do anything, don't pull the qualifying offer at all. Miles Bridges agrees to it, and that's the way they operate by not jump-starting the storyline again, if that makes sense. And so we just say, look, we left the qualifying offer on the table. They agreed to it. We're going to see how it plays out this season and next season, how much we wanted him to be a part of the organization. And that's a little troublesome to just not do anything and just kind of try to do Homer Simpson in the bushes and, you know, try to disappear as much as you can, which I think that's what that would be, right? Just not doing anything and then having Miles agree to it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the Hornets are going to do right now, Doug. You know, we've had a decent amount of time pass since the incident. We have this court date. We'll see if the Hornets make a decision after that. But, yeah, there, there are some deadlines coming up. Yeah, with, with what Chris Haynes said on NBA TV, which was essentially that the Hornets are looking for more clarity on this from that July 20th court date, uh, that would seem to indicate that they are not going to rescind the qualifying offer today or tomorrow before the deadline. It doesn't mean that the qualifying offer doesn't eventually go away. Uh, it would just need to be some agreement between the Hornets and Miles Bridges on a parting. Um, and would that make sense? I, I think... You know, if if the details that we've seen so far, the pictures and the video that we've gotten so far from Michelle Johnson, 
Um, if that's if if those uh, come up in the hearing and and are clarity enough for the Charlotte Hornets, I think it's clarity enough for a lot of people that listen to this podcast or watch this podcast. It's certainly enough clarity for me. But if it becomes suddenly enough clarity for the Hornets, even though it's after the deadline, uh, there could be discussion between both parties that say, hey, essentially we're not going to play you. Um, so you can take the qualifying offer, but you would essentially be parking yourself for an entire season. So uh, all of this gets, gets more and more complicated as the days go on. And we don't really have any kind of indication from the Hornets. I did see something from the Rod Boone article in the Charlotte observer on Cody Martin, um, that the team, or at least Cody Martin sort of commented around it, um, you can go read that in the Charlotte Observer, but essentially they don't have a lot of information. They don't, you know, Cody didn't have uh, full details is, is the wording he used. Uh, but everyone is, is tiptoeing around this situation right now, essentially waiting for this July 20th court date to take place. If Miles Bridges is gone from this team, or if they decide to move on from him, we don't even have to go to next year and see what that looks like. Let's just go to the decision if that takes place on them rescinding the qualifying offer, allowing him to be a free agent. They decide not to bring him back. This team looks drastically different. That's just that's just what takes place after the situation, after the domestic felony, uh, domestic violence felony charge that Miles Bridges had on him. Cody Martin agrees to an eight million dollar a year deal. You bring him in. That's the only free agent move they've made, Doug. I mean, well, this it this this had a real chance to have a lot of turnover on this roster this year. And we all we didn't see any. <laughs> you know, not not to this point. The offseason's not done. But like I was just kind of referencing with that Indiana Phoenix trade rumor of DeAndre Ayton going to the Pacers, maybe in exchange for Miles Turner. Now the base compensation thing, the, you know, the rookie contract, right? Like there's, there's a couple of things to figure out as far as timing for those two teams. But what it does is it would take those two centers off of the, off of the table for Charlotte and at least seemingly so. And so like my point being, there's not too many pivotal moves left for the Hornets to make for next season to be better than the one they just previously had outside of hardcore internal improvement. And honestly, I hope, I hope I, I <laughs> it's a, it's a night. It's a very naive hope Walker. Um, because as I've stated previously on this podcast, all evidence on yeah. these type of issues around, uh, professional athletes committing, um, acts of, of domestic violence. And this is felony domestic violence where, where somebody had to go to the hospital and, and, and file a report. Um, all of these situations, I just assume that the team is going to act in in a completely selfish way and in a way that, you know, makes them the most money because these teams um, time and time again have made there's a there's a bet that they make that eventually over time it will be fine, that they can weather the storm. And then, in, you know, and you're two, right on three, that. Bet. And then and, and, and enough times they've been right on that bet. And that's the sad thing about all of this. Uh, but I just want to inform people who are watching or listening to this podcast that like if the rescinding, if the qualifying offer goes away or, or and they don't make any kind of offer beyond that to Miles Bridges, uh, the the cap situation doesn't improve for the shot. They're still over the cap. It's not as if they can magically make another move uh, to replace what Miles. It's not like they can go out and then make an offer to DeAndre Ayton. They are still 
um, they are still dealing with you know exceptions and different things and and minimum minimal options for improving the roster e- even if they rescind the qualifying offer. But I hope that that isn't a consideration for the Charlotte Hornets if this July twenty court date confirms uh, you, you know a lot of right. what we what we what we've seen so far um, in in the story as it's developed. Right. So I kind of talked about the market drying up. You were talking a little bit about the cap still, right, with that hypothetical scenario. Can you go into some of the details there? Because we do have that cap hold for Miles Bridges. And if he were to sign, then that $16 million cap hold, I believe, would go to 7.9 um, because he would just sign the qualifying offer. And then we have Cody and everybody to think about, too. Yeah. Like, what, what kind of money left over are we talking about, Doug? Or just what kind of, you know, well, what, what, what is there's zero. Like? I mean, so yeah. even so if the cap hold goes away and you uh, have the qualifying offer signed to 7.9 million, there, there's still, according to the numbers that I see on cleaning the glass, which may not be 100% accurate, but gets us pretty close. They're about mm. four and a half, five million dollars over the cap. And then there's a luxury tax window that sits at about 39 million. But once you're over the cap, you can't sign, you can't go out and just sign whoever you want. You would then be stuck with, you know, a mid level exception that's right. probably going to be around 10 and a half mm-hmm. million dollars. And then a biannual exception that's somewhere in that like two to four million dollar range. Um, so their options are going to be pretty limited. You're really as a team, if if you, if you decide to part ways with miles bridges, you're really hoping that you a stay healthy and B, um, that you get a lot of internal improvement from guys like Cody Martin, uh, from Terry Rozier, from LaMelo Ball, and that can, and PJ Washington's going to be huge. That all sort of yeah, lifts yeah. And, and tries to replace uh, what you're missing. But I, I just want to say it again because I feel like it's important. I don't think any of that should be a consideration in the decision whether or not to keep Miles Bridges or, or uh, find a way to part ways with him. Oh, no, it, it should have no bearing on what you should do here with Miles. But those would be the results of the decision that would take right. place for Charlotte and just trying to inform everybody on that. The last thing I'll say, <laughs> the the way you get better at that point is through trades. And you're going to have to you're going to have to seek all those types of trades, you know, like Kelly. So Kelly Oubre, trade market, Mason Plumley. Are you getting rid of first round picks? Are you shedding the salary of Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier? You know, the, the trade market is still something. And maybe you don't think that happens. That's fine, because you can, again, go to the evidence that isn't there. But if you are asking what is another way the Charlotte Hornets could turn over their roster to some degree at that point, it, it used to be draft free agency trade market free agency pretty much gone now draft gone now now you have the trade market and that's the only thing you really have left well so i don't think that's going to happen and it's not just because i haven't seen evidence that this regime led by mitch kupchak can actually pull off those kind of trades i don't even know if the desire is there because you have to remember like the hornets are not going to have a lot of leverage in those conversations if that's the way all of this is trending, which means if you want to acquire a player in a trade that could improve your team, you are going to have to do what Minnesota did and and essentially unload every future asset you have to acquire that player. Um, and, and I don't think that 
it, just everything that I've heard from this organization leads me to believe that they are not prepared to do that this season. They don't believe that doing that would in return make them a legitimate playoff threat. That's the danger, right? You give up four first round picks and you end up getting bounced in five games in the first round. That's the nightmare scenario probably for this organization from their perspective. Uh, I'd love to go to a first round <laughs> from my perspective, uh, but you know, that from their perspective, they don't want to completely decimate their future to try unless they feel like they can be a legitimate playoff threat. So I just don't see them. What I see them probably doing is using those exceptions to uh, bring in a backup point guard and maybe a little bit of help in, uh, on the big rotation or maybe a forward that can try to help replace some yeah. of that scoring. All right, let's let's move on to the next segment. I do want to continue that conversation, though. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. I do want to talk a little bit more about what we were just discussing, how the Hornets roster can change. And then when we discuss internal improvement, that guy right there on the graphic, JT Thor, how worried are we about him through the first two games of summer league? Or is there a defense as to why there have been some struggles there? So we'll talk about JT Thor, some other ways they can change the roster coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. As we talk about some of the changes the Hornets need to make to the roster, it all stemmed from that organization thinking they needed to take the next step. They fired James Borrego. They didn't reach the playoffs. They thought they should have, and they didn't reach because they get blown out at another play-in game. It was the second time in, in, a, in a row that it took place, and I could understand how that would be extremely disappointing because I myself am a Hornets fan, and I don't want to see them next year get beat by 25 or more points before they even reach the postseason, before they even get a top-eight seed. And especially when you have some younger guys that you thought were supposed to be better enough to lift this team to that postseason you would hope that those younger guys only get better but obviously the calculus changes if miles bridges is not on this franchise so now all of your plans doug they do change significantly in how you operate which has been clear and how they've operated this free agency period maybe you don't think they were going to spend that much money anyway fine but they were clearly going to spend a lot of money on miles that was going to happen now it's not they they probably would have used their mid-level exception on Cody at that point or something like that, or maybe somebody else. Who knows, right? Like, Cody was very real in coming back. But, you know, Doug, like, the, the expectation surrounding this team, it's kind of a mess. And when at the end of last season, if you're going to fire James Borrego, a lot of people didn't like it, okay? I think... I think Hornets fans, mixed feelings, right? It was it was a polarizing decision. But the idea was that Mitch Kupchak and that Hornets organization weren't happy with where their team ended. And that means that bigger expectations were going to take place this year. And now they have to come back if you don't have a Miles Bridges on your roster. And so how do, do you try to scramble to replace that? Is that happening through the trade market? And if not, then what should the expectations be? How do you operate going forward? Now, they brought in another first-round pick, right, when they traded Jalen Duran away. So they got an extra first-round pick. Do you have to use that to try to enhance your chances of winning next year? Does Is that more of an indictment now on the Hornets organization because they could have just had another young player if they're going to continue this rebuilding process? You know, and they didn't know, right? Like on draft night, they didn't know that this was going to take place. It's just kind of a mess, Doug. This is all really hard to figure out. And I just, I don't, 
it, it changes the light in how you talk about this team to a certain degree. I yeah, it's it's just it's hard. It, it's really hard to try to figure out how to talk about this organization. Yeah, well, because there's so many questions, and summer league is not really answering a lot of those questions right now. We've got three games left. But I don't think, you know, after these two summer league games, you can walk away and say, well, you know, at least player X and player Y are putting up gaudy numbers in summer league. There's a little bit of hope that they could come in and establish themselves as a regular rotation player. I just haven't seen anyone to this point um, do do that in a way that would make me feel super confident. So I will say that. You know, the Steve Clifford hire was obviously something where they were flat-footed. They've got they've been just caught flat-footed time and time again this offseason and you have to put some of that on the organization yeah. and you have to put some of that on just just bad luck. Um but the the Clifford hire I think looks better right now because I I'm pretty confident he can come in and establish some internal improvement pretty quickly. I mean, he, he's done that with this organization before. So if you're saying, well, the only way we're getting better this season is with the players that we have in tow, then, then I think you, you're feeling pretty good about Steve Clifford because he, he's been known to quickly do that. I don't know, though, man, because we talk about that transition from Steve Clifford to James Borrego. It was because we weren't happy with the player development under Clifford and even after Borrego's been fired, we talked a lot about that was the one thing he had going for him because of these second-round picks that have developed. Mitch Kupchak, Borrego sharing the responsibility, sharing the credit there. And we've seen these guys grow throughout their tenure with the Charlotte Hornets. And so now, if this situation took place, if there was a real chance that Miles Bridges was not going to be on the roster next year, does James Borrego get fired? I don't know. I have no clue if that's going to happen. Well, the reason the reason Steve Clifford was fired was because his message that initially worked in the first few seasons and got them over the hump, got them 48 wins and almost had them a third seed and almost mm-hmm. had that. I mean, there's a lot of almost uh, it's a lot of horseshoe talk right now. I get it. But but it almost had them over the hump in terms of winning a playoff series. But at least it got them to the playoffs. But that message worked. And, and it, it took a few years to work because, because Clifford didn't have a lot of talent when he first got here. He's got a lot more talent this time around. Is that and true so the message, Miles? Well, still, I mean, you've got LaMelo Ball, who's, who's I think, you know, actually has superstar, uh, you know, ability and has already made an all-star game. I mean, Kimba, t- it took a few years for Kimba to make an all-star game. So, yeah, I mean, I think you've got and, – and if Gordon Hayward stays healthy, I think you've got a little bit more talent for sure. That that but that that is a drastic. Then the early Bobcats hit. years, absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm not talking about when they went seven when seven wins and then they come back next year with, with Steve Clifford or whatever two years later, right? Like I think we're talking about the playoff season when they have Kimball Walker, who's already an All Star at that point. They have Nick Batum, who called for 26 million for whatever team, and somebody they was still going have, to pay. They him. still have nine million dollars in Nick Batum. That's right. part of the cap issue, <laughs> right? No, for sure. But and it, somebody was going to give it to him, even if you thought it was too much 20 million is still a talented player and then you talk about some of these other guys jeremy lynn getting some money out there like uh, miles bridges not being on this team absolutely you take a hit in the talent pool it, it's why we're changing the expectations for this team a little bit it, it, it's why we're talking about this under a different prism next year well, than we were at the beginning of the off season yeah it it, it takes them from 
needing to achieve to needing to overachieve, right? I mean, that's the difference. That's what we've got. Because for the past couple of seasons, I would argue they've underachieved. They should not have gotten blown out in either of those games. And I think in the second, in the first season, I, I would argue they were not going to make it out of the play-in. In this second, in this second run in the play-in, I thought they had, if they played well, they had a legitimate shot of coming out of the play-in and 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 getting smoked in the first round of the NBA playoffs. But they they didn't achieve. They underachieved. Now you're looking at them and going, okay, they've got to overachieve in order to get to some of these goals. But I'm just saying, like I I think uh, the the one thing I'm hanging a little bit of hope on is that Clifford has proven in two organizations now that he can come in and establish better defense pretty immediately. And yeah. and and Cody Martin in that article in that interview that he did with Rod Boone. Uh, seem to be looking forward to that, 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 um, you know, from everything that Cody Martin has heard, because, you know, he's never worked with Steve Clifford before, but that, it, that Steve Clifford is a no nonsense guy. And Cody Martin seemed to allude to the fact that, Hey, you know, we can maybe need a little bit of that. We need a little bit of no nonsense, need a little bit of discipline on this team to achieve the things that we want to achieve. Uh, so I'm just, again, I, I get it. I get it. If you want to be, if you want to have despair, I would understand uh, but I but I'm hanging a little bit of hope on that. Oh, I mean, it, it's not that I want to. I just it, I'm I'm ask to. I'm just asking questions. You want to live? <laughs> no, you want to live in a, a deep well of of despair, and mm-hmm. that's fine. I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm asking out of the you, well. Hey, there you go. A, a Charlotte Hornet fan, a Steve Clifford fan. We are looking at the optimism surrounding this franchise, and I. <laughs> It's kind of tough to do that right now, to be honest with you. Everything going on, I, I just, I, I just think everything changes, right? Like that. That's that's my question because of all of the different turns that the Hornets have made. The, the way you talk about this team, expectations, what they've done, what they could have done, what they're going to do. Everything changes based off of what they've done now. And would you have changed stuff they've already done because of other happenings? Like I, I, I can't, I can't think of another offseason in Hornets history that has looked anywhere close to this and all right, well now we got to start from scratch. We got to, we got to do something different. Yeah. Like I, I just think well, you're not really starting hard. from scratch. That's the whole point. You've yeah. got to look internally to improve some of the things that you have. Cause you're not starting from scratch. You still have several years. And LaMelo doesn't Hayward. allow you to do that. LaMelo. Yeah. You can't start from scratch. You, the clock is ticking on LaMelo ball at this point. You've got to work with what you have. You got to work within the confines of reality because uh, no one, it doesn't seem like anyone wants to trade for Gordon Hayward. They haven't gotten anyone to bite on Terry Rozier. So, uh, you know, at this point you've just got to double back and live in the, you got to live in the present. There's no point. The future doesn't exist. The past doesn't exist. It's all about the present moment and who you got assemble who you have Avengers assemble. Let's go out there and uh, win a ball game. You want to bring back <laughs> the Avengers. You want to bring speech. back Kimball Walker, Malik Monk, Dwayne Bacon. Hey, Remember, hey, they call themselves the, hey, the Avengers. Yeah. Kimball Walker, Jeremy Lin's available too. bring them all back. Let's do it. Let's run back yeah. 2016. All right, there's your speech. We're not going to have time to get to JT Thor. We'll talk about him tomorrow. Maybe oh, no, he's starting into Mason Plumley. <laughs> <laughs> JT Thor is starting into Mason Plumley. We, we can't treat bumped. him like that. We have to give JT Thor his own segment. We were going to do it today, but the second uh, segment conversation had continued into the third. We'll get to JT Thor tomorrow. I promise you that'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your pods. So is Locked on NBA. So make that your second listen get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the nba 
in just 30 minutes. Locked on NBA, your daily NBA update, again, in just 30 minutes. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 